Amen. Well, good morning, North Greenville. How are we? Okay, cool. Like seven people. That's great. Hopefully uh, eight more. Love you too, Emil. Um, I hope eight people wake up by the end of this chapel. Um, so if you don't know me, my name is Drew Reynolds. I am a senior here at North Greenville University, which means that I've been here for uh, close to four years. And in a couple months, hopefully, if I pass Spanish four, um, I can walk across the stage, shake uh, Dr. Fan's hand, take a picture with him, and have a piece of paper that says I passed all my classes and showed up to class. So it's great, but I need to pass Spanish 4, so if any of you see Dr. Coates, tell him I'm a great guy and that I am really good at Spanish. Um, Dr. Coates, if you're watching this, love you, man. Um, so if anyone, wants to if anyone wants to tutor me, that would be great. Um, but before I jump into the sermon, uh, I did want to express my gratitude to a few specific professors, um, faculty, and friends who, if it weren't for them, I honestly would not be up here on this um, stage uh, speaking to you and preaching the Word of God. Um, First of all, I want to thank my family. Um, my brother and my mom are here this morning, and I'm grateful for their presence here. Um, I'm thankful for Jim Thompson, um, someone who's mentored me throughout college and dealt with all my, uh, you know, problems. Um, thanks, man. Appreciate you. Um, Professor Stiles, I want to thank you for teaching and mentoring me throughout my years here at North Greenville University. Um, your encouragement to me and care for the Word of God is inspiring to me, but not just to me, but to many others as well. Uh, to Dr. Melton, Dr. Horn, and other Christian Studies faculty, I want to thank you for your continued dedication to equipping the next generation of church leaders. Um, I want to thank Joshua G., Connor Graves, Jody, and the other CMSC faculty for your continual wisdom and passion for reaching students for the gospel. Um, it does not go unnoticed, and I will remember the ways that you've loved me throughout the rest of my life. I will. I won't forget it. Um, additionally, I want to thank my NGU boys, um, my dudes who've walked with me through some um, dark valleys but also some very bright mountaintops. Um, Brett, thank you for challenging me to be a better man. Um, gets under my skin sometimes, but I know you got good intentions. Um, Jesse, thank you for being a steady rock that I can rely on rain or shine. I mean, if you look at the man, he is literally a rock. In the best way possible. That's not an insult. Um, Ethan Broom, um, for those of you who don't know him, you graduated last semester. You might be watching this online, um, but your mullet's horrible. And, uh, but I love you and just know that I'm better at you and everything. So, uh, Ethan Pettigrew, thank you for living with me for two years and for talking me off the proverbial cliff way too many times to count. Way too many times. Um, and to other NGU young, or other young NGU men and women that I am blessed to call my friends, um, thank you for just being my friend. I really appreciate it. Um, you guys are awesome. And I'm really excited to hear um, my friend Mikey Smith preach tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Y'all should be here. Y'all should pull through. Um, all right, that's enough of the sappy stuff. Actually, it's not, because it's Valentine's Day. Yeah, which is, which is great, right? For some of us in the room, Valentine's Day might be like a super exciting thing. Like it might be like, oh, I love Valentine's Day. Maybe you're married in this room. Any married people? Okay, Jody's married. Cool. <laughs> great. Like two people. Awesome. But, if, you know, you get to celebrate uh, your time with your wife. That's really awesome. And maybe you're engaged. <laughs> and you're about to get married, um, which is really awesome, and you can't wait to spend uh, many Valentine's Days with uh, your significant other for the rest of your life. Um, or maybe you've been dating a long time, and you're about to, like, pop the question soon, and you're like, oh, I can't wait, ring by spring, it's going to be sick. Um, you know, or maybe you just started dating someone, you know, and <laughs> y'all kind of like, do I celebrate? Like, 
And you don't know how big or small to go. For Valentine's Day, you're like, should I get her flowers or chocolates or both or a Starbucks gift card? Does she like coffee? I don't even know. I don't even know her favorite color yet. Or maybe you're in a situationship. Yeah. Where you like, y'all been texting? You know what I'm saying? And uh, you think, you text pretty late at night too. Maybe send some Snapchat. But you don't know what's up. Like you don't know if he likes you or if she likes you or whatever the, whatever the deal is. You're kind of like, I don't know what's up. Like do, I say, like, do I do I ask her to be my Valentine? Is that how this works? But if I can be real for a second, we're all in college, except for Jody. <laughs> we've, uh, we've probably experienced heartbreak. You know, maybe you've been cheated on. And like, Valentine's Day is a reminder of the fact you don't trust anybody. Maybe you've been let on just one too many times, and you're like, I don't think anyone's ever going to love me. Maybe you're in a toxic relationship, and Valentine's Day is a reminder. Man, I don't think I'm ever going to be in a healthy relationship. And you feel those negative, painful feelings that you've tried to suppress for so long, every single Valentine's Day. You're like, man, when is this going to end? Maybe you come from a family of uh, divorce, or uh, a parent was lost, and you laugh at Valentine's Day because you don't really believe that love is forever. You look on Instagram or social media, and you kind of see like, hey, all these people look happy, but it's not going to be me. Well, wherever you are, however you feel about love, I'd love to introduce you to a Savior who provides rest for our souls. Now, you may be sitting here like, dude, Jiro, who even are you, man? Like, you say all this stuff, but you don't understand my situation. You don't know who I am. You don't know what I've done. You don't know who my friends are. You don't know what I did last night. You don't know what I'm thinking about in my mind right now. You don't know how hard it was for me to get up this morning. Well, I want you to know that I'm not up here because my life has been perfect. I'm not up here because I haven't figured out. I'm not up here because I don't have burdens. My life has not been perfect. Shocker, I'm human. <laughs> nice. I have wrestled and I continue to wrestle with this cool thing called depression. I say cool very sarcastically. It's, it's a struggle. I don't come from a family where everything is butterflies and roses. I've seen some things that are hard to get out of one's mind. I've had very hurtful things said to me. But I don't say these things to gain pity or sympathy from you. I say these things because I want you to know that I share in having burdens. I'm not up here because I'm perfect and I got it all figured out. I share in having burdens. I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to share more of mine with you. Um, I'm a pretty cool guy before, or uh, sorry, after 9 a.m. in the morning. Before 9 a.m., don't talk to me. But after 9 a.m., um, if you want to hang out, I really would love to talk. And I, I'm not just saying that. These guys, these guys can tell you. I'm not just saying that. Like, if you want to talk, hit me up. Um, but let's take a second. I promise we'll get to the text. To look around at the world. How many people in this room like music? Okay. Wow, okay, I would expect more hands, but that's all right. Um, if you don't like music, I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen to music, it's great. I love music, like all kinds. Um, but I mean, when I think about what songs are nowadays, I mean, there's a lot of heartbreak in these lyrics. 
You know, sure, there are some really great country songs about hanging out with the boys and having a grand old time. And do I like those songs? None of your business. <laughs> but when I think about it, there are a lot of songs about heartbreak. My brother is a huge Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> he was, um, I think, 0.1% of Taylor Swift fans. 0.01% of Taylor Swift fans on Spotify. That's nuts. I would never listen to her that much. She's fine, but like, no. I mean, but she's on top of the music world for writing songs about breakups. I mean, let's be real. We are never, I mean, that's, that was free too, that singing right there. That was a disgrace to what just happened, Joey and Rachel and Carl, but it's all good. There are also a lot of songs about mental health. I don't know if you all will recognize these songs, but I'm going to read some lyrics from some popular songs from the last couple of years and see if you recognize them and can maybe see some common themes. What if you had it all, but nobody to call? Maybe then you'd know me because I've had everything, but no one's listening, and that's just lonely. Does anyone know that song? Lonely by the Beebs. That's right. Like the Justin, the number one artist on Spotify, he's writing stuff like this. And that's just lonely. Can anyone relate to the burden of loneliness? You don't have to raise your hand, but just think about it. Here's another song. Some days, things just take way too much of my energy. I look up and the whole room's spinning. You take my cares away. I can so overcomplicate. People tell me to medicate. Does anyone know that song? It's a song called Breathing by Ariana Grande. Um, I mean, Homegirl is on top of the music world. Regardless of your musical preference, like maybe you can't stand her, but the truth is she's on top of the music world, Right? Do I like Ariana Grande? Also none of your business. <laughs> Some days things just take way too much of my energy. Now how many of y'all have felt that this year? This past month? Maybe you feel that today. Now what about these lyrics? Admittedly these are a bit darker but they're very well said. Sometimes I don't know how to feel. Let's be for real. If it wasn't for the pills, I wouldn't be here. But if I keep taking these pills, I won't be here. I just told y'all my secret. It's tearing me to pieces. I really think I need them. I stopped taking the drugs, and now the drugs take me. This is the part where I tell you I'm fine, but I'm lying. I just don't want you to worry. This is the part where I take all my feelings and hide them, because I don't want nobody to hurt me. I can't breathe. I'm waiting for the exhale. I toss my pain with my wishes in a wishing well. You want to know that one? Those lyrics are haunting, man. He writes, if I keep taking these pills, I won't be here. He died from a drug overdose. A brilliant young rapper, another life lost. He had burdens. He said, I can't breathe. I'm waiting for the exhale. How many of y'all feel like you can't breathe this morning? Maybe you put on a smiley face, but you walk in this morning. You're like, I, I barely got out of bed this morning. I don't know how I'm here. I'm only here because I knew you were speaking, Drew. Thanks. The truth is, we as humans have burdens. Even people who, by worldly standards, are on top of the world, right? Justin Bieber, on top of the world. Burdens. Like I said, um, some of the burdens we have maybe with breakups, you know, a love that's been lost and we're just struggling to work through that. Some of us may have the burden of legalism. And we feel suffocated by the standards that we put on ourselves to always do the right thing. 
We've added pressure on ourselves to perform, to perform, to perform. To do, do, do the right thing. To act right, think right. That we don't have time to breathe. Some of us have had the burden of a loss. You know, maybe that's uh, from COVID. Maybe you have a family member that's been lost due to this pandemic that we've been having. Maybe it's to cancer. Maybe your parents are divorced. Maybe you've lost a parent. But the loss you experienced, when one of your, when your, when your parents passed away, it still hurts. Some of us have the burden of a private sin that we don't want to tell anybody about. It's like, it's, like a, it's like a backpack that we have, and we just carry it around, but nobody sees it. And we're walking, and we're like, man, I don't, I don't know if I can make it another day. I mean, it just it eats me up inside, and nobody sees. I try to put on a smiling face, but nobody knows. Some of us have the burden of depression. A study in 2021 reported that close to 50% of college students struggle with symptoms of depression. Now, my mom's a math teacher. Something got disconnected on the way down because I'm not good at math. But 50% is half. I know that. That's half of y'all. I know that I've dealt with symptoms of depression. The question is not, do we have burdens? That's not the question. The question is, I have a burden. And I don't know who to run to or what to do. The question is not, what is my burden? The question is, I have a burden and I don't know who to run to or what to do. We run to different things, different for different people. We might run to food. Whether that's overeating or undereating. We run to alcohol. We try to drink away our problems. We run to drugs. That's what, that's what Juice World did. We run to pornography. We also run to people. And it's important to have people in your life to be your support system. Your friends. I mean, I just mentioned, if it weren't for those four guys that I mentioned, I literally would not be on the stage. Those guys have been instrumental in my life. But people can People will let you down. Human beings can't save you, let alone save themselves. That's why we need a Savior who provides rest for our souls. You know, maybe we keep hooking up with that ex just to feel something. And I'm not just throwing that out there. I'm saying that we're trying to chase that original serotonin release that we got the first time that we hooked up with them. We're just chasing that original high. That's all we want. Maybe, maybe that's where I'll find the rest for my soul. Whatever we run to, the truth is that we have burdens. And the things of this world will not satisfy. They will not provide rest. Working harder will not provide rest. Running to alcohol will not provide rest. Running to a girl or a guy will not provide rest. I think there's a passage in Scripture that shows us how Jesus provides rest for our souls. If you'll turn with me to Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. We're going to read through it, and we will discuss it. But before I do that, I want to provide some context for our passage this morning. You may be like, oh man, another Christian studies major providing the context. Let me explain why context is important really quickly. Uh, I do not have a Snapchat, but I'm sure most of you all do. And the last time I used Snapchat, um, they had this thing where if you wanted to keep the message, you had to hold down the, uh, 
the message, right? Is that still a thing? It's not? You can tap it now? Okay, you can tap it now. Dope. I didn't know that. Cool. The more you know, the more you know. Learn it up here. That's great. Let's say, uh, I'm going to find somebody. Who do I want to call out? John Austin. That's who I'm going to call out. <laughs> All right, if y'all don't know John Austin, he's awesome. If y'all live in Anthony, you know, you know who he is. And we know you know who he is. We, we know what's up. Let's just say I want to Snapchat John Austin to hang out with him, right? You know, we, uh, we Snapchat tonight. You know, I, I send you a little message on the Snapchat. But we don't save the messages, right? It, well, we talk about hanging out on Monday night, next Monday. Not, not tonight, like next Monday, you know. We don't save the messages. So then he sends me a, a message on, on next Monday. He's like, hey, man, like, where are you at? Like, I thought we were going to meet at, you know, the coffee shop to hang out. And I'm like, dude, I'm scrolling, looking for the messages. I, don't, I didn't save them. I don't, I don't have them. I have no context. The same thing is with the Word of God. If we look at just one verse, well, I mean, I can, I can say whatever I want to with one verse. That's why we got to look at the, all the context. In the same way that I need to see all the Snapchat messages between me and John Austin to know what he's talking about on Monday night when he wants to hang out, we need to look at some of the passages before what we're talking about and understand the context. So, Matthew... Uh, this gospel was written by, you guessed it, Matthew, the tax collector, who was one of Jesus' 12 disciples. And what Matthew sought to do was document the oral accounts of the life of Jesus. Uh, he's a tax collector, so he's very meticulous, and he's very articulate in the way that he um, presents this, and very deliberate and intentional. One of the main themes of Matthew is that Jesus is to bring the kingdom of God. But when the Jews thought kingdom, they thought Something completely different than the kingdom that Jesus was bringing. It's an upside-down kingdom. It's not a kingdom where you work harder. It's a kingdom where you come and you're invited to rest. So with, without discussing the context anymore, I want to jump right in. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. I'm going to read it. We'll pray and we'll jump in. Jesus says... Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Lord God, as we discuss your word this morning, I pray that it would not be me up here speaking, God, but the Holy Spirit would just speak through me. Um, I and my humanity have nothing good to offer, have nothing to bring, except for my brokenness. God, so would you just speak through me, Lord? I pray that students who need to hear that there is a rest in you, God, that you would work in their hearts, God, and comfort them and draw them to yourself this morning. God, I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the big idea for today is that Jesus provides rest for our souls. The question then becomes, how does Jesus do this? Like, cool, Jesus provides rest for our souls. Awesome. How does he do that? The first way that Jesus provides rest for our souls is this. He invites us. This invitation in this verse is extended to all of the troubled. 
There's no specific burden that Jesus is after. There's also no burden that is too great for Jesus to handle. See, the burden is the very thing that qualifies us to come to Jesus. Weary here, if you look with me in verse 28, weary is a word that means tired, exhausted, drained, done, fatigued. Heavy laden here is meant to refer to all types of burdens, but specifically, Jesus is offering rest from the burden of the oral tradition of the Jewish religious leaders. You see, we have the Old Testament law, right? But what the religious leaders would do is they would kind of add to it. Not from the word of God, but just kind of add to it, you know, what maybe they felt like or maybe some applications of the law. And they were very harsh in their enforcement of this oral tradition. Jesus, in contrast, he is gracious and welcoming. And he invites those who are tired not to greater moral effort, but he invites them to come and rest. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now this rest, it does not imply a complete end to work. The rest that Jesus provides is a rest that invigorates us, refreshes us, renews us, and revives us. One translation puts it like this. Come to me, and I will refresh you. We see that Jesus invites the burden and the tired to himself because he provides rest, refreshment, and peace. Eugene Peterson, in his paraphrase of this passage, writes this. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Now, if you know anything about me, you know that I love basketball. I love playing. I love losing to Shane in three-on-three. Three. It's the best. Shout out Shane. I told you I would, so I, I did. But back in high school, when I played, man, I just wanted to play every single second of every single game. That's all I wanted to do, man. I didn't want to take a break. I, didn't, I hated to get benched. I hated it. I was like, Coach, why are you taking me out, man? Even if I had like three fouls, I was like, Coach, come on. I won't foul again. <laughs> but towards the end of the game, I would get tired. My mentality was not to rest, regroup, refresh, and then with a renewed body and mind, go and help my team win. Now, I would grind myself into the ground. If I would have taken some time to rest, perhaps I would have been more effective at the end of a basketball game instead of fouling out like I did pretty much every time in high school. It's true. But in the same way, we as college students are running ourselves into the ground. Ann Peterson, who's a writer for BuzzFeed, articulates this well. She writes that burnout isn't a place to visit and come back from. It's our permanent residence. She is, to my knowledge, not a believer, but the quotation's accurate. We function from a constant state of exhaustion. Religiously, we try to work harder and do better and read our Bible more and pray more and worship more. Relationally, we don't take time for ourselves. It's all about, oh, how many more people can I love today? How many more people can I love? We, we just we lose sight of what's most important. Jesus says, hey, that exhaustion... That burnout, it's the very thing that qualifies you to come to me. He invites you. He says, come, rest. And now this may seem like a great concept that Jesus is inviting you, but we have to accept the invitation. How, how, can, how can we 
How can we rest in Christ? I would argue that in the next point we will get to, Jesus offers that. But also, he offers some encouraging words in John 15. He says to abide. He says to remain, to spend time, to sit. And we need to carve out time in our days to come to Jesus. To spend time with him, to sit and to rest. We need to hit the pause button, realize how in need we are, and run to Jesus. Now, this is going to be the most shameless plug ever. But y'all need to read this book. This book has been one of the most influential books in my college life. Literally, come up to me after, I'll give you this. You can read it, and I'll give it back. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's by John Mark Comer. Read it, okay? I wish I could just sit up here and read the whole thing, but we don't have time for that. So, shameless plug right there. The question then becomes, why? Why do we run to Jesus? Why do we need to eliminate hurry? Why do we need to get rest? What is so appealing about Jesus? Like, cool, Jesus, you invited me to rest. Cool. Now, what, what is so appealing about you? What do you have? The next way that Jesus offers rest for our souls, the way he provides rest for our souls, is he offers his way of life. If you look with me in verse 29, Jesus says, Take my yoke. You see, a yoke was a wooden cross piece that is fastened over the necks of two animals and attached to the plow or cart that they are to pull. Additionally, there was a single person yoke, one that a human could put over their shoulders that if they didn't have or couldn't afford animals. Kind of like this backpack that I have right here. They would put it on their shoulders and walk. The yoke of the religious leaders was heavy and burdensome. And the Jews of the day felt this heavy weight, but the yoke of Jesus was different. He says, hey, take my yoke. Because Jesus' yoke is one of learning. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This learning isn't in a harsh or condemning way like the Pharisees, but one of grace and forgiveness. This yoke of learning comes from his very heart. Which if you look with me in verse 29, it says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. Jesus is saying that although he is God, the eternal son, by whom and through whom all things were created, he made himself a man, took on human flesh, still maintaining his deity. Although he is God, he is accessible. He is available. He is understanding. He is tender. He is gracious. He is loving. Those who take on his yoke have rest and peace in their souls. There is still work to be done, but our work is not for rest, it is from rest. Dane Ortland, the author of the book Gentle and Lowly, which is essentially a whole book on the heart of God, also, yet another shameless plug, would you believe it? I have five copies of this book. Come up here and grab it after this sermon. Come take it, seriously. Gentle and Lowly. Great book. I want to read the whole thing. If I could read those two books right now, honestly, it'd be great. But I'm just going to quote him one time. Dana Ortland, the author. He puts this idea of working from the relationship of God. He says, Only as we drink down the kindness of the heart of Christ 
where we leave in our wake the aroma of heaven and die one day having startled the world with glimpses of divine kindness. How many of you want to startle the world with glimpses of divine kindness? Now let's go back to the idea of the yoke we carry for a second. I have this backpack up here. And uh, I have some, it's heavy. <laughs> I have some weights in here. I have some burdens. And we, we have burdens, right? And, but we add on things to it. You know, maybe what we try to do is, is we, we, we try to know more. We try to be theologically correct in every way that we miss the heart of God. We pack on legalism. We just try harder to do better, to know the right things, to do the right things. We fail to address the deeper problems in our heart. We give ourselves or maybe other people rules and regulations that are not in the word. You know, maybe, maybe someone we love is sick. Oh, geez, that's heavy. Wow, 25 pounds. I need to work out. <laughs> maybe someone we, we love is sick. That's a heavy weight. Maybe we're really stressed about what we're going to do after we graduate. Yeah, I have two 25-pound weights. <laughs> Maybe we're really stressed about school right now. We're really stressed about the new relationship that we just got in. We're stressed because we don't know who we, our friends are. Maybe we struggle with depression, and we take a lot of medication, but it's just not getting better, and we have weights, we have weights, we have weights. We pile all these together, and that's a heavy burden. Now, I will say, I was carrying this over from my dorm to chapel, and I was like, I'm done, I don't want to carry this no more. It's heavy. It's got 50 pounds in there. Ethan, can you carry that down? Later, later. I just don't want to do it. We are weary of carrying this heavy load around. We are tired. We are heavy laden. But Jesus invites us to come and he offers his yoke, which is light. It's light because his heart is gentle and lowly. It's tender. It's gracious. It's inviting. This yoke that Jesus offers, there's still work to be done, but we don't work for rest. We work from rest. Jesus equips us with what we need because he is what we need. He gives us himself, his way of life. He equips us with water. But the kind of water that Jesus offers us is living water. Water that when we drink it, we will never thirst again. He provides rest for our souls by offering himself the living water like he said to the woman at the well, once you drink from me, you will never thirst again. These things, the weights that we feel, the ways that we try to cope, will not fill you, will not provide rest. But Jesus will provide rest for our souls because he offers himself. I was thirsty. We are refreshed by this living water. The alcohol won't take away our burdens. The pornography won't take away our burdens. Our boyfriend or girlfriend will not take away our burdens. Jesus 
And only Jesus offers a way of life, a yoke that is light. He offers living water, water that when we drink, we will never thirst again. And the question I leave for you this morning is this. Will you come to Jesus? Will you give up your burdens and take on his yoke? A yoke that is light. A yoke that comes from his heart for you, which is gracious, inviting, tender, and loving. If you are a believer in this room and need weight lifted off your shoulders, know that Jesus loves you and he invites you. He invites you to a way of life that is simple. He invites you to drink from a well that will never grow dry. Your brokenness and burdens are what you need to approach him. He is near to the brokenhearted. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But maybe you're skeptical about faith. You have questions. Maybe you completely reject Jesus. You're like, just get me out of here. Get me out of chapel. I only go to get my quota and then I'm done. I want you to know that Jesus loves you and he invites you. Your brokenness and burdens are what you need to approach him. He is near to the brokenhearted. Because you see, we all have this burden. It's called sin. I mean, Adam and Eve messed up a long time ago in the Garden of Eve. Garden of Eve. Nope, Garden of Eden. Let me get that right. And they messed up a long time ago in the Garden of Eden. That sin permeates all of humanity. And we are separate from God. But what Jesus did is he came. He carried his cross and died on it. So that all who believe in his name would have eternal life. If you are weary, this Jesus, this gracious and loving and tender Jesus, he provides rest. If you need healing, he provides restoration. If you need victory, he has already won. The question is, will you come to Jesus? Now, after I, I pray, there is a video. My dear brother, Mikey Smith, is preaching tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Please turn your attention to the screens after I pray. But one more time. Will you come to Jesus? Let's pray. Lord God, I, uh, I need you. I need to come. I, I, need, I need to sit at your feet. I need to be caught in a holy moment with you, Lord. We all need this, God. I pray if there's somebody in this room who doesn't believe in your name, God, would you work in their hearts, Lord? Would they be encouraged to have a conversation with somebody? Ask questions. God, I pray that you would be near to the brokenhearted in this room. God, that these students would understand that you provide rest for our souls. I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.